0: You're an NBA GM, and you can have your choice of any player in the NBA right now to start your franchise with. You're going to pick who? NBA.com has their GM survey for this season. So let's run through some of this and have some fun. It's Friday. Why not? Let's see how the GMs perceive teams and the players. For this season. How do you rank the Eastern Conference? Not surprisingly, the Celtics were ranked number one. Followed by the Raptors. The Sixers. The Bucks. And then the Pacers at five. I would actually flip that around. I think the Pacers are going to surprise people. I think the, they'll be a little closer to the top. They might even surprise and get to third. How do you rank the teams in the Western Conference? Again, no surprise here. With Golden State at top. Followed by Houston. Houston. I'm a little surprised at Oklahoma City at three. they've got Utah at four and the Lakers at five. I actually think the Lakers are going to finish between four and five this season, but I will say this, if they've got Oklahoma City third, then maybe the Lakers do have a shot at finishing third because I think the Lakers ultimately will be a better basketball team than the Thunder. Then they got to players. who will win the MVP this coming season? No surprise. LeBron James, 30%, followed by KD at 27%. Anthony Davis got 17%. Reigning MVP, The Beard, he got 10%. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, this is what we started off the show with, who would it be? They polled 30% of the GM said it would be Giannis. Anthony Davis came in 23%, KD at 20%, LeBron at 17%, Steph at 7% and Joel Embiid at 3%. I actually think the only reason Embiid is that low is because, obviously, the health concerns. If you knew that Joel Embiid was capable of playing 82 games, matter of fact, you know what? Let's not even say 82 games. If you knew he could play 70 to 75 games, I think Embiid would be at least third. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? This is easy. Again, we're talking about the best player in basketball. By the way, spoiler alert, LeBron is at the top of eight of these categories, which should only come as a surprise if you don't know basketball. He's the best player in basketball. It's not shocking that the best player in basketball would be at the top of most of these lists. If you're the best player in basketball, that means you do many things well, not just one thing. So it's only shocking and amazing and giddy if your name is Nick Wright and Colin Cowherd. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season? Jamal Murray of Denver, 20%, followed by Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum at 10% each. I actually agree with that. I actually think Jamal Murray is going to have a breakout season, but I hope it doesn't come at the expense of Joker He can still have a breakout season, but they need to play through Djokovic. Djokovic is the next superstar. Trust me on that. I think Brandon Ingram has a chance to have a breakout season. I agree with that. Jason Tatum, the only thing that's going to hold Jason Tatum back from not having a breakout season will be how Brad Stevens divvies up the minutes. Remember, Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward basically all play the same position. And they all like to shoot. They're all scorers. Throw in Kyrie, who's a scorer. There's only one basketball. Someone's going to have to sacrifice. Who's the best point guard in the NBA? Number one, Steph Curry, 57 percent, followed by Russ at 17 percent, Kyrie at 10 percent. When you're talking basketball players and they said who are the best basketball players, I think that's kind of different. The point guard thing is different. Russ is not a point guard. And I know he plays the position, but when you watch him play and you see how he plays, Russ is a combo guard. I think Chris Paul is the best pure point guard in basketball. But again, this, this that, that's not the question. They said, who's the best point guard? And Steph's number one, Russ is two, Kyrie's three. He and Chris Paul are tied for three. And they've got the beard, who I think is a combo guard in his own right, at number five. Who's the best shooting guard in basketball? That's the funny part about this, because you flip it around. And James Harden, no question, is number one. Klay Thompson, great two-way player. I'm not surprised that he's number two. I will say this. He's number two because of the defense. Harden shouldn't come as a surprise because he's so impactful and so dominant an offensive player. His impact on the game is as good or greater than other guys who specialize at one thing. Steph is number three. Who's the best small forward in the NBA? Again, no shocker. Best player in the game, LeBron James, 57%, followed by KD at 40%. Giannis got 3%. Who's the best power forward in the NBA? Anthony Davis, 37%. LeBron James at 33%. This is the funny part. I think at one point, Colin Cowherd and Nick Wright were talking, and Colin Cowherd started giggling, saying, LeBron doesn't even play power forward. Well, that's not actually true. He plays small forward and power forward, just like Anthony Davis kind of goes between playing the four and five. Just like KD goes between playing the three and the four. Giannis goes between playing the three and the four. LaMarcus Aldridge goes between playing three and four. So it's not a shock that LeBron would be rated that high. Maybe they're disappointed that he didn't come in first, but why would he over Anthony Davis? Who's the best center in the NBA? Anthony Davis, 40%. I kinda agree with that because AD is very versatile. His his ability to step outside, change ends quickly. Overall, he might be number one, but there's a part of me that leans toward him embiid. Look, Embiid's number two at 33%. And the only thing that holds him back again is health concerns. They've got Carl Anthony Towns at seven percent, which is crazy because last year Carl Anthony Towns was at twenty-eight percent. For him to fall that badly, that's a direct reflection. On how he played in the playoffs last season. Offseason moves. Which team made the best overall moves this offseason? This is the easy one. The Lakers got LeBron, 70%. Toronto got Kawhi, 20%. The Thunder were able to keep Paul George. So that's not a shock, the top three. Which player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Again, you're talking about the best player in basketball. Changing teams. LeBron James, 97 percent. Kawhi Leonard, 3 percent. What was the most underrated acquisition? I agree with this one. They got Tyreek Evans in Indiana, 13 percent. DeMar DeRozan, I think, will have a really good season in San Antonio. Jabari Parker needs to have a bounce back season in Chicago. I think Julius Randle will have a very good season with the Pelicans. I'm not sure it's going to be enough because I don't think when you look at Miritich, when you look at A.D. and Julius Randle, I don't think they have enough perimeter talent around the three of those guys. Which team will most be most improved in 2018, 2019? Again, that's easy. That's the Lakers. They got LeBron, the Mavs and and the Suns are tied at 7 percent. Number two, what was the most surprising move of the offseason? I think it's a a dead giveaway. I actually thought, look, I did not see LeBron going to the Lakers. I know a lot of people thought he might go there. There was a possibility, but I really didn't see him actually making that move. But they voted DeMarcus Cousins to Golden State, which that did throw me off. But when I really looked at it, if DeMarcus Cousins was 100 percent healthy, this move never happens. This move became possible because he wasn't 100 percent healthy. And he wasn't receiving the type of offers he thought he would receive. Kawhi Leonard was number two at 29 percent. Paul George staying in Oklahoma City was number three, which that was kind of a shock. Jimmy Butler's request is only six percent. And that's not a shock. If you saw how they played throughout the season, if you saw how they played in the playoffs, there's not just a, a lack of chemistry there. There's no unity. There's no togetherness. This is, has to change. And I think it starts with Jimmy Butler moving on to another franchise. But I also think at some point, Tibbs is going to be moving on. Who will win the 2019 Rookie of the Year? 43% at number one is Luka Doncic. I'll tear that name up, of Dallas. Number two is Marvin Bagley third Sacramento. Wendell Carter Jr. is tied with him at number two. DeAndre Ayton is at number four, 13%. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? I never like to get in these projections. The GM voted. They think it's going to be DeAndre Ayton and Jaron Jackson. They're tied for 27%. I'm not even going to go down the rest. Of, the problem with trying to project five years from now is sports is so unpredictable. Money comes into play. Health comes into play. Fit comes into it. There's just so many alternatives to what can happen maybe the player has the talent but they just don't have the will maybe they don't just they don't have the talent but they don't put in the work or maybe they're not ready for this level of play yet but so i'm not going to get into that projecting which rookie was the biggest steal at where he was selected in the draft i think when it's all said and done i'm just going to bottom line this when it's all said and done I think it's going to be Michael Porter Jr. being selected number 14 with the Nuggets. I think if he can be half of what people project him to be, to go along with that young core, Denver's going to be special. Who is the best international player in the NBA? This is an easy one. Giannis, 73%. KP came in at 10%. Przingis. Who's the best international player not in the NBA? Yes, I will tear this name up, but I'm going to have fun tearing it up. Sergio Lowell. Sorry, Serge. That's on me. Who's the best defensive player in the NBA? No question. This isn't a surprise. This guy won defensive player of the year, so of course he's going to be considered that. That's Rudy Gobert of Utah, 37%. Kawhi Leonard is tied with him at 37%. Followed by Draymond Green at 17%. AD came in at 7%. And KD got 3% of the vote. The way I see it is this. I think Rudy Gobert is a great rim protector, very good rebounder, but in terms of an his overall impact defensively, I think the greater perimeter players have a bigger impact. I would lean more towards a, a healthy Kawhi Leonard, maybe even the Draymond Green, or, or Anthony Davis, because I think Anthony Davis' ability to not just rim protect, But get out and play in space, something Gorbert can't do, makes him unique. Who's the best perimeter defender in the NBA? That's Kawhi Leonard. And I think the next best guy on that list is actually Drew Holiday. They have Jimmy Butler at 7% followed by Draymond. I think Draymond's very versatile. But if you watch Draymond, he struggles with smaller, quicker players. He can't stay in front of them. I think Victor Oladipo is a better perimeter defender than Draymond. I also think Giannis is a better perimeter defender than Draymond. Draymond is a terrific, versatile, all-around defender. But his strength is that he can go guard multiple positions, especially up front. But he's not that great in space. Who's the best interior defender in the NBA? Rudy Gobert, number one at 80%. Anthony Davis at 10%. Who's the most versatile defender in the NBA? 53%. I just said this, not a shock. Draymond Green, I agree 100%. Kawhi Leonard was number two, followed by LeBron James, which is interesting. Yes, LeBron is very versatile because of his size, especially he can play all three positions defensively defensively up front in the front court. And when he wants to, he can play in the perimeter. This is also one of those categories where I believe Colin Cowherd got really giddy the idea of LeBron being voted 7% in this category, it it made him giddy with laughter. And that's that's his guy. So I get it. I understand. Most versatile defender. Kevin Durant didn't get a vote. LeBron got third. LeBron stopped playing defense last year. (laughs) Again, giddy with laughter. I, I think LeBron is still a versatile defender. And I think that Sometimes when you listen to guys like Nick Wright and Cowherd talk, they act like there's some kind of conspiracy to discredit how great LeBron is. And I don't get it. They act like there's a conspiracy. And they're like the Mel Gibson character in conspiracy theories where they're the only ones that knows what's going on. They're the only ones in on it. Moving on. Which is the best defensive team in the NBA? Utah Jazz. Forty five percent. Number one, followed by Boston Celtics. I agree. One hundred percent. You can flip those around. The advantage Utah has is Gobert is a great shot blocker. Al Horford is more of a team defender. He uses his body. He doesn't block a lot of shots, but he's terrific at showing and recovering. Al is the ultimate guy when it comes to helping the helper. Best coaches. Who's the best head coach in the NBA? The GM said it was Brad Stevens at 47%. Greg Popovich came in at 2% at 30%, followed by Mike D'Antoni and Steve Kerr. I would actually flip that around. I still think Pop's the best coach in the NBA. I think Brad Stevens is great. I think he's up and coming, and he's about to be that guy. But if you look at what Pop was able to do with the roster that he had last year, that might have been his best coaching job. Which head coach is the best manager and motivator of people? Again, no shock. Number one, 47 percent, Greg Popovich, followed by Steve Kerr. I think the great thing about Steve Kerr is he's kind of like a more laid back, easygoing version of Phil Jackson. I think Steve is one of those kind of guys that lets his players have a lot more input than most coaches does. I think that's his strength. Which head coach makes the best in-game adjustments? I'm 100 percent on board with this. It's got to be Brad Stevens. 53% followed by Pop, and then Rick Carlisle. Which head coach runs the best offense? Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr, again, is a a great manager of egos and personalities. And Golden State moves the ball like no team in the NBA. I'm not sure I would call this a set offense, but I get it. All these guys buy into this system and this style of play. So I'm not going to hate on where he's ranked. Which head coach has the best defensive schemes? I'm agreeable with this one. I'm I'm all on board. Again, you can flip this around between Quinn Snyder and Brad Stevens. These guys are terrific at getting their guys to switch. Their big show and recover. Their wings are terrific at helping and getting back. Both of these teams are tremendous at making you pick up your dribble It's 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 something that goes underrated in this league, the ability to make a guy pick up his dribble. You don't see that very often. But when you watch a Celtics game, when you watch a jazz game, their wing defenders, they get into you. Who is the best assistant coach in the NBA? Ron Adams, Golden State, 17 percent. Which active player will make the best head coach someday? Chris Paul, 25 percent, number one. I think Jameer Nelson is number two, followed by Rajon Rondo. But Rondo might have a short shelf life because he might implode on a couple of his players. But but mind wise, the way he sees the game, the way he views the game. I can see Rondo being a head coach. Which team is the most fun to watch? Yeah, most people are going to say Golden State. Number one, 60 percent, followed by the Celtics and then the Rockets and then the Sixers. I'm going to say the most fun team to watch this coming season is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, then the Golden State Warriors, and then the Sixers. The Celtics are a great team, but when you really watch them play, it's a lot of half-court basketball. They play great defense, but it can be ugly at times. And when you watch Houston play, especially offensively, as gifted as Chris Paul and James Harden are, Watching James Harden dribble, 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 dribble. I mean, so it, he's a gifted, talented player, but the Rockets offense at times can look hideous and it can just lull you to sleep. Which team has the best home court advantage? Golden State, number one at 50 percent, followed by the Jazz at 27 percent. Which team has the most promising young core? Sixers, number one at 47 percent. I agree 100 percent. The Celtics at number two at 33 percent. I have no problem with that one as well. But I would say this. Do not sleep on the Denver Nuggets as well as the Utah Jazz. Which player is the most athletic? This one is an easy one. There's a lot of great players, and I'm not saying Russ is the greatest player of all time or he should be top 10. But just within this question, I really do believe Russell Westbrook is the most athletic player I've ever seen in the history of of the NBA. I really do believe that some some of Russell's. Miss dunks are worth watching again. They're worth they're worth rewinding again. That's how exciting he is. Russ is a beast. He's a great player. Is he flawed? Sure. But who is it? Russell Westbrook is by far the greatest, most athletic player I've ever seen. Which player is the best pure shooter? This shouldn't shock anyone. Steph Curry, number one, followed by Clay Thompson. Steph got seventy 73 percent. Clay got 20%. It's funny cuz last year Steph got 71%. Somehow they think the distance between him and Clay is growing. I would disagree with that. Look, Steph's gift and his advantage over Clay is he can shoot off the bounce. He can create his own shot. But as as far as just a pure shooter, I think the gap's closer than that. I would also add what makes Golden State so unique is if you ask someone who's the top 5 shooters in the entire NBA, they have 3 of the top 5. That's what makes them scary. And that's what makes them the two-time... Actually, they've repeated, but they're the three-time in four years NBA champs. Which player is the fastest with the ball? That's easy, too. 50% said Russell Westbrook. 33% said John Wall. I think it's very close between the two. Kyrie was third at 7%. I actually don't think Kyrie's as fast in the open floor. I would have Oladipo ahead of him, along with Yaron Fox. Where Kyrie destroys you at is in the half court because Kyrie can change directions like nobody else in basketball. When you watch Kyrie cut somebody up and weave between people, he's like the, like I've said this before, he's the Barry Sanders of the NBA. Which player is best at moving without the ball? This is an easy one. Clay Thompson, 53% followed by JJ Reddick, Steph Curry, Kyle Corver, LeBron James. I agree with all those. Which player is the best pure passer? LeBron, number one, 50%. Chris Paul, number two, at 17%, followed by Rondo and Ben Simmons. Over time, that's going to flip. Ben Simmons is ascending. He is coming. Which bench player makes the biggest impact when he enters the game? Lou Will. Love Lou Will. And no question Lou Will makes a big impact. Eric Gordon as well. Both of these cats get buckets. But this is what I would say. Don't sleep on Andre Iguodala. Don't put him out the pastor just yet. When you watch what Iguodala does for Golden State in the playoffs, that's true value. I'm not hating on Luke or Eric Gordon. I'm a fan of both. But at this stage in his career, Iguodala really only plays impactful minutes more times than not just in the playoffs. Who's the toughest player in the NBA? The GM says Steven Adams of Oklahoma City, 33 percent. Bron James, second, along with Marcus Smart at 13 percent and Draymond and James Johnson at 10 percent. I think all those guys are tough guys. Steven Adams at times with that bun and that mustache kind of looks like an axe murderer, but he looks like that dude at the same time that don't nobody want none of that. I would actually say don't sleep on Patrick Beverly or Chris Paul. Which player is the best leader? No shock. LeBron James, 30%, followed by Chris Paul at 27%. Steph is at 23 And Al Horford, who I think is a very good leader, 7% tied with Damian Lillard. Who's the most versatile player in the NBA? Again, not a shocker. LeBron James, best player in the game. Followed by Giannis at 20%, Kevin Durant at 13%, and then Draymond at 4th, 3%. Who has the best basketball IQ? The GMs are dead on, but again, it's not like they're, they're breaking news here. Number one, LeBron James at 70%, followed by Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo. Which player would you want to take a shot with the game on the line? This is money time. Number one, Kevin Durant at 40%, followed by Steph Curry at 27%. LeBron James at 17%, then Kyrie at 10%. Again, this was fun, and I don't agree with everything the GMs did, but I respect their opinions, and I agree with some of them. I'm just not where Nick Wright... And Colin Cowherd is especially Nick Wright, because Nick Wright's answer to everything is, oh, it's LeBron. It's always LeBron. No matter what. You could ask him hamburger or french fries. Oh, it's LeBron. You could ask him policeman or fireman running into a burning building. And he'd say, oh, it's LeBron. That's just his like. That's just his thing. And don't get me wrong. We as fans all have favorite players. So, of course, pundits have writers and they have favorite players as well. I don't have a problem with that. And I'm open for any discussion when you talk about great players or all time great players or even current great players. It's just that some cats, they can throw out certain stats and certain narratives to fit their argument. We all can. When you listen to two two writers get together, though, it's kind of insane. But anyway, enough of that. Guys, it's Friday. It's been fun. Facebook fam. Good looking out. Shout out to the anchor fam. I'll be back on Monday. No, I do not know if H or the Rev are going to be joining me. But what I do know is on Monday. I'll be responding to your Facebook questions and we'll have fun with those. We'll also get into talking about what happened over the weekend in college football. Along with what happened in the NFL. The game I really want to talk about on Monday Jacksonville versus Kansas City. I want to see what Mahomes and company can do against the Jags defense. That's going to be fun. And we're going to be a couple of weeks away or that much closer to the start of the NBA season. That's already a reason to get geeked, not to mention postseason baseball. I am not the biggest baseball fan, but I'll tell anybody, as I've said before, I love postseason baseball. Hey, fam, thanks. Love the support. I appreciate you all. Thanks so much. I'm enjoying the music. I'm gonna leave y'all with a taste of hip hop.